If you are serious about building your short-term rental business to $10,000, $20,000, maybe even $30,000 a month or more, you have come to the right place. My name is Kyle Stanley, and this is the Fearless Investor Podcast, where we teach you all things short-term rentals. The best guests, the best tools, the best strategies. There are so many investing paths out there. It can be seriously overwhelming to start out as a new investor, but take it from me, short-term rentals is the best and the quickest way to build your cash flow. So buckle up, listen in, and get ready to conquer the world of short-term rentals. Here we go. Calling all real estate investors, especially short-term rental investors, if you are looking to invest your money in owning a short-term rental, but you don't know where to buy, I have a hot tip for you. Kentucky and the Carolinas are a great place. And even with the rising popularity of short-term rentals, these markets continue to thrive. In fact, I'm looking to buy one in these areas as we speak, and I'm going to use Savvy Realty to help me with that transaction. Savvy Realty is an STR-specific real estate brokerage. Not only do they know the best places to buy in the areas that I already mentioned, but they're hosts and co-hosts themselves of successful short-term rental properties. They know what it takes to turn a simple property into a big investment without wasting time or resources along the way. Whether you want to flip a house, rent your own home, or turn a brand new property into a profitable business, Savvy Realty and their agents can help you figure out what type of STR investment is right for you. Tyler Kuhn is the founder of Savvy Realty, and he and his team will consider everything from the overall look to the age of the home, the distance to transit hubs, and other major factors that you may not have considered. So if you want to make sure the return on your dollar is maximized as much as possible, then follow the link in the show notes to book your next one-on-one -on -one discovery call with Savvy Realty. Hey, Fearless community, before we get the show started, I want to let you know that you now have the chance to get direct access to me in order to grow and strengthen your short-term rental business. How? The Six Figure Formula Membership. I'm the only one in this space offering this value pack membership for a stupid, stupid low price of $49 per month. And you get access to me, my podcast guests. You get to be a part of our amazing private community. You get our full A to Z business in a box STR kickstart course. And maybe most exciting, especially for me, you get exclusive discounts that we worked for months to get that no one else is getting out there. Price Labs, AirDNA, NoiseAware, HostAway, and so many more at your fingertips. So become a part of this 6FF movement. Get started today for just $49 a month at fearlesskyle.com forward slash 6FF. Hey, welcome into the Fearless Investor Podcast. You're listening to me, Kyle Stanley. We have Tyler Kuhn on this episode today. Tyler is with Savvy Real Estate. They're in the Southeast portion of the US, uh, kind of in the Carolinas and Kentucky. And one of the things that you're gonna hear from him today is really about how they're building a really great business and helping you as well. If you're looking for the best type of property to go buy and you're like, hey, I don't know where to start and I don't live in the area. I just have a little bit of money and I want to go and make sure I'm making the right purchase, especially with everyone talking about lower occupancy and lower rates these days. I don't want to make a mistake. That is exactly what you're going to get from Tyler today. That's what they're great at. And while a lot of people in other areas are talking about this Airbnb bust, Tyler is over here like, hey, we're having the best rates and the best occupancy we've ever had. And this is no surprise because he'll even talk about it. AirDNA came out with a report recently about how demand is up. Even though listings are up, the demand is outweighing the listings. But you have to realize that's a U.S. average. So some markets are getting highly impacted and some 
are getting even higher rates and higher occupancy. And that's where Tyler is at. And that's where you can be as well if this is something that you decide uh, is something that you want to take advantage of with Tyler over at Savvy Real Estate. So without further ado, let's get to it with Tyler Kuhn. All right, guys, welcome in. Uh, we have Tyler Kuhn out of North Carolina, and uh, he's also in Savvy Real Estate. We're going to be talking today about how to find and buy a top producing property for your short-term rental portfolio. So Tyler, really excited to talk to you today, man. And uh, thanks for joining. Yeah, Kyle, the fearless investor. Uh, thank you for having <laughs> me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, you make it sound like such a big deal, but but not <laughs> quite. Thank you so much. <laughs> so Tyler, you know, you're not just helping people to buy houses. You have an awesome company and we'll get into that in a little bit. You're also doing the dang thing and you have a lot of properties under management. So of course, got to start with my favorite question. What's your craziest, wildest, most interesting Airbnb story? Yeah. So I think it probably comes from a different angle than most people where they might talk about the guests. In my property management company, actually the last person that we fired, we found out a 21-year-old girl, really, really calm and sweet demeanor, really, really nice girl. And we found out she was actually like, I hope none of my management clients are on this, actually. I didn't think about this before. <laughs> we found out she was sleeping in some of the properties. And the way that we found out was one of our cleaners showed up to her and her boyfriend naked in the hot tub. Oh, no. <laughs> Craziest story. She was fired immediately, of course. I mean, we had no idea. So that's... Oh, my gosh. That's kind of hilarious. Really uh, crossing my fingers that none of my clients are on this video right now. <laughs> I even if they are, that's that's uh, there. There's a lot worse things that could happen, right? That's true. At least it was my employee, not someone random. Because I've yeah. heard, you know. Oh yeah. my gosh, that's crazy. Nice. Cool. Well, hey, you know, and guys, right now we're going live in our STR Six Figure Formula Facebook group. You guys start posting your questions right now. We will get to them at the end. Q&A with Tyler after we're done with the interview and the podcast. For those of you that are listening to the recording of this on a podcast or YouTube channel, if you have not already, go check out fearlesskyle.com forward slash 6FF to have access to our podcast guests just like Tyler and be able to ask any and every question that we leave time for Q&A at the end. So Tyler, let's go ahead and jump into it, man. You have a, a really impressive portfolio and you're doing a lot of really cool things, but what what really like, let's back it up just for a minute here. What led you into short-term rentals? What were you doing before? Yeah. So uh, like any real estate agent, I started out just kind of trying to help anybody and everybody I could, right? Just get any type of client that I possibly can and, you know, make a living. And that was fine. And, and you know, I did really have a love of working with uh, specifically first-time homebuyers that were having trouble finding houses. I really, really enjoyed that part of the business. But of course, does that pay the bills, right? Does that lead you to live the lifestyle that you really truly want to live? Not so much. So I ended up meeting this doctor from Myrtle Beach who ended up buying eight properties from me, all short-term rentals. And this is before I had niched down into short-term rentals. Today, it's all I do. And I found that I really, really enjoyed the process. I wasn't beating the streets and driving around and doing, you know, 40, 50 showings a week. I could be in my office uh, it's funny. I don't know if any of you guys have ever, Kyle, if you've ever heard of the culture index, but there's this cool tool out there. It's like a personality test. It tells you your traits. And the first line of mine specifically says this person prefers data over people. So when it comes <laughs> to rentals, like it just really, really works for me because I love yeah. to dive into the data. I love to help investors make data back decisions. So after working with that client, buying eight short-term rentals, I said, I love this. Like, there's nothing I'd rather do. 
I saw the wealth that he was creating for himself, his family, his kids, his future. He Mm. was going to be able to get out of working 80 hours a week as a robotic surgeon with what I was helping him do, which I was also really enjoying. So I found that I could add value to his life and it was adding value to mine as well. So I love a good win-win situation, right? Yeah. So at that time, I was running a team with an old business partner of mine. And I told him, I walked into his office and I said, I think we should do this full time. I think we should turn away any and all other clients, which was mm. a great thought, right? Like we're, we're talking about one or 2% of the market, right? In terms of vacation rental buyers, right? Said, let's turn away 98% of the market. Let's do this. And he said, you're crazy. We will never make any money. If we go into recession, you're going to lose your ass. And I said, I'm just dedicated to this man. So we parted ways very amicably. I said, I think it's going to work. He said, I don't think it's going to. So, you know, we, we parted ways as friends. And uh, since then, I was able to, in, in 12 months, just doing short-term rentals for myself and my clients, just as a solo agent, able to do 50 million in sales and put over wow. dollars in commission in the bank. Right. And, uh, and so it was just incredible. So I totally proved my old business partner wrong, uh, which is okay. And yeah, it's just been really, really successful for, for me and for my clients as well. All the time. Uh, it's interesting. I had a client a couple weeks ago and we did the inspection. And so I call what I do is anytime we get an inspection report back I call my client, we go through line by line, look at every single item, Does the seller need to fix it? Is it something we can handle? What might the cost or risks associated with repair or defect of the house be? And by the end of it, she goes, Tyler, I just want to thank you so much because no, and this is a multi-purchaser. She's a multi-investor. And she says, no agent has ever even gone through the inspection report with me. I thought that was just standard practice, right? And so wow, um, that really meant a lot to me personally, you know, that that things that I do that I just consider run of the mill that, that are my standard seem to be above and beyond what the normal real estate standard is out there. And for me, I love if I can elevate the experience in any way, right? So whether that's on real estate sales or property management, we've done furnishing clients' houses. We just love to elevate the experience and do things at a higher level provide more service, provide better service and anything we can do to just make the client's life a little bit easier. I find that the value for me follows after that. So the more I put out, the more I get back. Right. That that abundance mindset, right? That's awesome, man. There's so much to unpack there, but I want to ask a clarifying question. So 12 months, $50 million worth of sales, but you also started a management company after that as well. How many properties are you, is your management company currently managing? So today we have 50 properties that we manage. And basically what we found was that in the space, in our local space here in Western North Carolina, the management companies were running still like it was the 1980s. And I had my own portfolio. My business partner at the time had his own portfolio. We were managing them, automating them with all the processes that you can do these days to yeah. automate things and have dynamic pricing. And you know, basically you're tech enabled, right? And you're using the current mm-hmm. tools in the market. And we found that the local property managers weren't doing that. They're like literally like taking direct bookings over the phone and processing credit cards. And I'm like, there's there's a better way. There must be a better way. And and so we said, well, we'll do this for people. Kind of started out more as a hobby and it just grew from there. And so today we manage uh, 50 properties for for other clients and we're hoping to, to grow from there. We got an offer from uh, Vacasa to buy the management company about six months ago for a million bucks. Nice. That's amazing, man. Uh, and And you also have your own, don't you? Yep. So I've got eight short-term rentals of my own as well. That's great. All right. So 
there's a reason I asked this question because you made a decision. It sounded like, how long ago was that when you went to your business partner at the time? That was last year. That was last year. You went to your business partner at the time last year. You saw a need, but like you said, one to 2% of the market, you niche down. There had to be some fear knowing that you were taking 98 to 99% of potential buyers away. Like what was convicting you so much? And also what were some of the fears that you had in making that decision? Yeah, so I definitely live by the motto of fail forward, mm, right? Nice. And and I have start ever since I was 18, I've been an entrepreneur. I never I was never on a W2. Never one time in my life did I have a W2 job or a boss. And I failed at many of the businesses um that I was uh, creating. And so I got into real estate to do something that would last longer, to create a better legacy. And uh for me there was definitely fear associated with it. I don't know if it's my personality traits or whatever, but I'm, I'm the kind of person that I feel like I could do anything. Like, I feel like if I just had Google, I could learn how to be my client who is a robotic surgeon. Like yeah. I can teach myself. I think the world is so interesting nowadays because you can teach yourself anything. The amount of knowledge out there is literally limitless. You can learn how to do anything all on your own. And so uh, was there a little fear? Yes, I think probably, but there is in any business, I think. But I'm not afraid of failing because I've done it so many times and I came back. I was like a phoenix reborn you know, out of the ashes, uh, I've continuously reinvented myself and, and done new. And every time it was always one step better or greater than the last time. So if I fail in this one, I'm excited for that because what's next, you know, like what's after that, then it'll be even better, you know? So I'm like, I'm ready to fail. I'm never scared to fail. That's awesome, man. What a great attitude to have too. So the the thing about it too, that like I, I see in this is, man, you've created two multi-million dollar businesses. You got the one that you're actually helping people to buy real estate and did over $50 million in sales once you made that decision. And now you've got over 50 properties in just one year as a management company. That's a lot of things going on, a lot of moving parts. I'm assuming your team is helping out big time. What what do your teams look like in both of those businesses? Yeah. So when I first made the decision to niche down into short-term rentals, my business partner and I parted ways. I hired my best friend of 15 years as my assistant. And so we did probably about $40 million of sales with her. And then she moved on to other things about two months ago. And so I, I said, okay, I've learned all the lessons from working with my friend and, and what I did right and what I did wrong. So I went out and I doubled down. I hired two assistants and then on the property. So today it's me and two assistants as a, as a solo agent in Western North Carolina. And then on the property management side, earlier this year, it was really interesting going through the process of getting a valuation from Vacasa and, and an offer letter. We have an LOI from Vacasa for a million bucks. Um, but that process was really interesting because from the beginning, I told them, I'm not ready to sell today. Even if you offer me a million bucks, a million bucks for me isn't going to be life changing. You know, I'll just spend it. I'll just, you know, go on a lot of vacations and it'll be gone in a year. Uh, I said, so, so I'm probably not going to sell to you, but they still wanted to go through the process with me, which I thought was awesome. And I learned so much. One thing by the end of that, that I learned was that they don't, they didn't, and they never asked me about expenses. They don't care about profit at all. So by the end of that, I said, Jared, so you're telling me 
then I don't need to make any money in my property management company for you to buy it. You'll just, if I just keep ramping up the number of units that I manage, you'll just buy it based on a multiple of those units, right? Interesting. And he goes, we, 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 as you saw, we never asked you about your expenses. We don't care what they are. We don't care if you're even running at a loss. So with that, at that point, I said, oh, that's awesome. So I hired a very expensive general manager, you know, pay him about 120,000 bucks a year. So I don't have to deal with it anymore. Right. So he runs the day to day now. And then we hired additional team members. And then we hired a sales staff to just go pour the gasoline on the fire. We went a little bit too fast and things got a little bit messy. July, as, as anybody who's done vacation rentals knows, is just a crazy month, nearly booked yeah. out in occupancy almost all the time. And so spread over 50 properties were like left and right putting out fires. Uh, and so we've now focused to go back to quality a little bit. I went a little too crazy with quantity. And so we're back on quality now, revisiting what we can do to, to elevate the guest experience and the owner experience. But today I'm not making any money on the property management company. And I don't care to, because at the end of the day, if I can sell it for 10, 20 million later on, that's a lot more attractive to me than making 10 or 20,000 bucks a month in profit today. That's Really interesting. I know that's not really where we thought we were going to go with this, but I, I'm now very intrigued by the fact that Vacasa is, they don't care about your net profits. All they care about is how many properties you have and what are those properties doing essentially based in, in terms of gross income. Did they ever tell you like why? Is, is it just because they're going to remove all your systems and adopt their own and so they know what they're going to make? Or did they give you any insight as to why they look at it that way? So if you look at Vacasa, they went public last year and like any publicly traded company, they're okay running at a loss as long as their metrics are improving, right? And it's so funny, I think that that profit isn't really a metric that most public companies or at least startup public companies uh, have to abide by. I don't even know, has Uber even made any money to date? Like, right. I don't know, the last time I looked into it, they were still running negative every month over wow. and over and over. And so, no, they don't really care about profitability as much as they care about building their portfolio. I think what they think is if they can continue to knock out all their competitors. So here's what's really interesting. And here's what I truly want to do with, with my property management company, which is called Brighthost. Vacasa, normally you can, you can get an acquisition at somewhere between 25 and 35,000 bucks a contract from a big property manager, from, from a national Walmart property manager. And so what's so interesting, though, is that Vacasa, when they acquired Turnkey VR, they acquired them at $135,000 a contract. Mm. Why is that such a big difference? It's yeah. because they were their biggest competitor. They acquired uh -huh. 7,000 properties. And so the, the $500 million acquisition, right, for Turnkey VR but they were incredibly happy, right? And so my thought is, okay, well, how can how can I get so big that somebody wants to knock me out so badly that they'll pay five times what they would any other way? So that's the, that's the question we're trying to answer today is can we get that big? That's good, man. All yeah. right, I want to go back to one thing you said when you were giving us your story. Data over people was really interesting to me, but mainly just because what we're talking about today is how to find a top producing property on Airbnb and most of that has to do with data. So what does your data process look like? And what are some of the key metrics that you're looking for when you're analyzing a property? Yeah. So nowadays, I think if you go into any data analytics software, one, you have to remember that data can be manipulated. Mm -hmm. And if there are anomalies, if there is a reason for the data to be skewed, you have to really pay attention to that. 
Because if you're going to rely on data to make your investments, then you need to make sure that the data is reliable, right? And that's what so many people, I think, are, are making a mistake today when they go into something like AirDNA and they type in an address and let's say it's a $500,000 purchase price and the AirDNA rentalizer, which is an average of all the comparable properties, says it'll do $30,000 a year. Well, that's a terrible investment just looking at that. But mm -hmm. let's say you go, you start going through your comps. And so in Western North Carolina, I've got a perfect example for you. Let's say we're looking at a property near Asheville that has a view right? A mountain view. That's pretty atypical because if you're by Asheville, Asheville's down in a valley, right? And so yep. if you're close to the city, you're typically not getting a mountain view because you're, you're not perched up, right? You're 30 minutes outside the city if you're perched up in the mountains. So then you're trading your view for location, right? Mm. If you can get both of those things, which is possible, but it, it's rare. And, and so what, like, let's say we're running a subject property. We're looking at a property, analyzing a property that we potentially want to buy. And it does have that view. Well, we don't then want to compare the potential revenue for that property with a bunch of properties that don't have the view. Right. Right. Or that, let's say it's another feature or amenity. Let's say they have less bedrooms or they're, the other houses are a lot more dated and ours is updated or will be updated, right? The, with the, the things we're going to do. Let's say they, they, those properties have very poor marketing or they're managed by awful property managers in the area. Or does the owner use the property half the year, right? Do they come in in right. summer and they leave in winter? All of these things matter. So you, these days you really have to dig into your comps a lot stronger to find real comparables. And so, so when you're doing any data analytics, they don't have a way to do that. AirDNA, STR Insights, Rank Breeze, Data Rabu, they don't have an algorithm that says, does this house have modern photos and modern right. furniture and all the features? Does it have that chic, cute, adorable vibe where you're like, yes, I'd love to go stay there. They don't have algorithms for that. So you can't just rely on data averages. Go through and truly find your actual comps, and, and that's going to lead you down the path to making an educated decision. Now, I'm not telling anybody to ignore the data, right? Mm, yep. I'm not saying go with your gut feeling. I'm saying refine the data yourself because there is no algorithm that can make that decision for you. It's not out there. I think like Data Rabu right now is struggling with this because recently they rolled out, and I knew somebody would do this eventually, they rolled out for sale listings with an algorithm compared to what a property can do in short-term rental revenue. And their cap rates look incredibly low for Asheville yeah. specifically. They're like four or 5%. Well, the problem is, is they don't know what they're looking for, right? The, the algorithm doesn't have a direction to go in. And so when I'm looking for property for a client, we go through every new listing every day. I literally look at every single listing on the MLS over four MLSs. Nice. Uh, up to four hours away from each other in Western North Carolina. And so when we're going through those properties, we're really looking like, let's say it's 400 listings. We might send four to investors. So we're only looking at truly 1% of the market might actually make a good short-term rental. And then typically, let's say I had four investors call about each of those properties Typically, by the end of my conversations, after running comps, looking at the values and amenities, how much are they going to have to put in the house to furnish it? What values do the comps have? Like, if our house doesn't have a view and all the comps do have a view, you probably don't want to buy that. You're, you're always going to remain in the right. lowest percentile of properties in that area. You can't recreate something like that, right? And so by the end of, a, of an underwriting conversation with a client, I might say no to two of those. So we're truly actually going 
half a percent of the market here would actually make an incredible short-term rental. Because these days you have to get to a decision point where you're saying, yes, this property could be in the 90th percentile of properties today. And it would be very hard to knock it out of that. Those are the only properties that we're looking at today. Nice. So does all of our market perform well for short-term rentals? No. And I don't think any market does. It's a slim, slim segment that truly could be the best property in the area. And that's what we're looking for. That's what we're trying to sell today is something that could be the best property in, in you know a geographic area. All right, listen up. If you are not using Price Labs, you are literally throwing money in the trash. Dynamic pricing is a must in our industry. If you don't know what that is, dynamic pricing is just a fancy term for supply and demand pricing. When demand is high, Price Labs will get you high price bookings. And when demand is low, it will fill up your calendar while the competition overprices themselves and leaves everything vacant. I was dumb in the beginning of my short-term rental journey. I thought I could do it all without Price Labs. So one day I just said, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm going to try this thing out. And immediately my income went up 15 to 20% on my listings. I really was kicking myself. I should have been using this from the beginning. So don't make the same mistake as me. Get started with your free 30-day trial at fearlesskyle.com forward slash price labs. Or even better, how about getting 25% off your first six months as a thank you for being a part of the STR six-figure formula membership? That's right. Go to fearlesskyle.com forward slash 6FF to become a member and claim that discount today. Let's compare notes for a second here. So when I go on to AirDNA, I'm not going to use a comp unless it's been on the market in the last 365 days for at least 200, but ideally 250 days. I'm not going to use one that has less than 15 to 20 reviews. And I'm also not going to use one that has less than a 4.6 star rating. Do you use any of those metrics to decide if it's a good comp or not? So, you know, I guess it depends what metrics they actually have. I would say mine is a little bit more based on intuition than hard deadlines, right? Because okay. especially right now, AirDNA released their report in, in uh, October for up to the end of September. And they told us that 23% of uh, properties on the market today were added just in the last 12 months, right? Yeah. So 25% of the inventory today is pretty much brand spanking new, right? Also, like when you're when you're looking at the number of reviews, I think specifically like a lot of times on AirDNA, uh, it'll have an Airbnb and there will be a VRBO listing floating around out right. there somewhere, but they're not actually hooked Always together. connected, so yeah. 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 So they're not showing each other. So maybe that property did have a lot of, of Verbo bookings and maybe they have a lot of reviews there. So what here's my process step by step is I'll go into AirDNA and then I don't know if any of you guys know this and I I don't think enough people know about this trick if anybody's using RankBreeze and you haven't installed the Google Chrome RankBreeze plugin yeah it's an incredible plugin because what it does is it takes it puts a button on every Airbnb listing an overlaid button and it says get listing revenue and what it does is it runs the revenue per the calendar in real time based off of ADRs that it's been tracking forever because RankBreeze tracks every listing and their ADRs, when they get booked, how long are they getting booked and things like that. So my process is to go into AirDNA and then open up the Airbnb listings and then I run RankBreeze. I want those two numbers to really look kind of similar, right? Okay, now I feel pretty confident because AirDNA is all based on past and historical, right? Historical data uploads and scraping. And then RankBreeze is looking 90 days into the future. So if I can start to get those two numbers to make sense together, then I feel pretty confident that I should use that as a comp, right? Okay, okay. this 
and who looks right. But then do the amenities compare? Do the values of the house compare? Is it more residential or is it a cabin, right? Like what am I comparing yeah. to the comps? So that's kind of my process and, and how I go through. And then maybe I'll throw in some STR insights. Uh, and then lately I've been I've been really liking what data.rabu is doing. They've made some huge improvements. Very cool. I, I love that look into using uh, Rank Breeze as well, because I think that's super important. And by the way, Rank Breeze and AirDNA, guys, if you're in the six-figure formula, you're already enjoying a really great discount, an exclusive discount. If you guys have not joined the six-figure formula, you need to because we have exclusive discounts with AirDNA, Rank Breeze, and eight other partners that no one else is getting. Um, and you can go check it out again, fearlesskyle.com forward slash 6FF. Uh, Tyler, I think one thing you said is incredibly important here, and it's the 90th percentile. We're doing the exact same thing. We are not looking at properties that are not in the top 10% right now, mainly for two reasons. One, we want to have the top performing properties, but number two, we want to have a strong foundation in our business. And as we continue to see, just like what you said, AirDNA mentioning that 25% of new property of properties are actually new in the last calendar year, there is more competition. There is more talks of lower bookings due to you know recession, slow seasons, competition, all these things. And for that reason, that's why we're looking at that. I want to know for you, what what reasons are you only taking on 90th percentile properties right now? Yeah. So for me, I think increased competition and oversaturation is happening everywhere. One of the things that I like overall about Western North Carolina is that it's, it is a hard area to get oversaturated. And the reason why is because we don't have just one anchor attraction here. So I'm, I'm thinking about places like Gatlinburg, right? Like the closer you are to Dollywood, the better. Like you have one big anchor attraction and people really aren't going very far outside of that, right? They kind of want to be close to that. Uh, and so in Western North Carolina, we don't have one big anchor attraction. People come here to do outdoor activities. And what do you do when you're doing outdoor activities? Typically, you're driving around. You're doing one this way, one that way, hiking waterfall here, biking down a mountain over there, right? And then the, one of the biggest attractions that people come to do here is to drive the Blue Ridge Parkway, right? So it's not super location dependent here. So for me, I sell from Bryson City all the way to Beach Mountain. Those towns are four hours away from each other. One is not competing with the other, right? Even yeah. from, from Beach Mountain to Banner Elk, they're really not competing with each other. So I find that it's hard for oversaturation to hit here as much, but I also, I'm, I'm not burying my head under the pillow, right? And, and ignoring what is happening in the industry, which is oversaturation. So for me, that's why I'm looking at 90th percentile properties. Also, I mean, at the end of the day, they just bring in the most revenue, you know, yeah. they just like, and it's hard to knock them off that pedestal. Like, what I like about looking at 90th percentile, you know, in the past, everybody said, oh, we'll be in the top 20%. Well, that's fine. But if I'm, if I'm in the 90th percentile, well, then I can afford more competition to come in because at the end of the day, 80th percentile is fine because more competition is going to come over time. So mm -hmm. today I want to be in the 90th percentile so that tomorrow, if some really cool properties come in, if somebody does a really good job and I do have more competition, that I'm still knocked down a little bit, but I'm still really at the end of the day in the top tier of revenue in the area. One thing that I really took away that was interesting from that AirDNA report was that here's what people are complaining about right now. Occupancy rates are dead, right? That's what they're saying. You, can, you can't compare 2021 to 2022. 2021 was an anomaly. Right. We're not finding that here in Western North Carolina. We're up significantly year over year. And the reason why is because of that oversaturation figure. So here's what AirDNA said. 
they said we're down in occupancy overall 1.8, 1.6%, something like that. What does that mean if there was 23% new supply? Actually means that year over year travel demand, nights booked, revenue is up almost over 20% year over year, right? Right. Like the 23% in new listings minus the 1.6%. And so travel demand is an insane amount. And that's why occupancy is only down 1.6% when there's 23% new listings. So what you have to look for is an area that did not grow by 23% of new listings. And what was so interesting is the day that that article came out, I wrote an email to my database and all my investors, and I was specifically looking at a house in Sugar Mountain for a client where there's a ski resort. And in fact, their rental inventory had gone from 550 to 500 year over year. So they went down 10% in inventory. We're up 20% in revenue. I'm like, ding, ding, ding. Investable market here. Like this is a sign. So this is what I'm talking about when when I'm saying use the data. Like don't just go in AirDNA and like use the data that's there and look at the rentalizer. Oh, the average is off. I'm not going to invest in Western North Carolina or Kentucky or wherever else. Like you're going to really, really dig and find out what, what are the true drivers? What are the true metrics? If somebody's saying occupancy's down, well, what does that mean? If occupancy's down 10%, but revenue's up 30%, then you're still better off, right? And so I think you really have to drill deep. And this is why We're creating at Savvy Realty an expansion network of real estate agents that are trained to look at all the data points that are familiar with all the data and and especially familiar with their local market, with regulation, with where to go, the avatar of house, the avatar of client that you're looking for. So we're creating a real estate network of agents that are trained how to do this day in and day out, because what we found is the number, I mean... There's all these gurus out there teaching how to manage short-term rentals. And that's awesome. I'm friends with a lot of them. I think they're all incredible. But what does it all start with? It all starts with the acquisition. And in real estate, who does that start with? It starts with the client and it starts with the agent. I think this is this is something that enough people don't think about. So that partner, your agent partner, it doesn't cost you any more to work with me than it does somebody right. who's never sold the house before, right? It costs the same amount of money. So at the end of the day, I think it's incredibly important to pick the right partner agent for yourself. And they can, in fact, help you determine markets. Sometimes I turn away clients and I say, this market's not right for you. You should go talk to Tony Bower in Kentucky or Aaron March in Myrtle Beach, right? And so I think uh, what we're doing is really important for the industry. That's really cool, man. So let's transition right now and talk about Savvy Real Estate, um, Savvy Realty, I should say. You guys are concentrated in a few different areas. Tell me about those those areas, why why you guys think those are the best areas to be investing in right now. Yeah. So, well, I'll preface it and say there are other markets to invest in outside of sure. ours. But if you're yeah. interested in ours, we're certainly the best agents to work with. And, and so that is kind of a founding principle for me is what I said was I'll, I only want to work with agents in markets that I would send my investors to. So I'm the same way here with investors. I tell people not to invest just as often as I tell them to invest. Mm-hmm. For me, the individual sale is not as important as my reputation. And I've got a notch in my belt that, that works incredibly well for me, which is I have never sold a short-term rental to a buyer that then came back and listed that property. Why would that be? because they're all making money. They're all mm. profitable, right? right? And so for me, that that's an important notch in my belt that I never want to go away because it's the best sales pitch ever. And so 
Uh, I'll never hire an agent in a market that I wouldn't send an investor to, or I wouldn't even buy in myself, right? So I, I firmly believe in Myrtle Beach as a re-emerging beach market. The purchase prices there did not go two or three times like they did in Gulf Shores or Destin or Panama City Beach, these kind of viral, what I like to call the sexy markets, right? And so I think Myrtle Beach is really, really incredible. Also, historically, they've not got, I think one thing, you know, in the current climate to talk about is getting wiped out by hurricanes. Myrtle Beach historically has has been left pretty unscathed. Does that change next year? Who knows? I don't control the weather, but I just know from the past, Florida keeps getting demolished every city yeah. every year, right? Like it's just going down the line and then it'll restart back up in New Orleans or something. And I hate to say that. I don't wish that on anybody, but I think right. you should look at investing at the beach with clear eyes. So big fan of Myrtle Beach. I think that that's an incredible market. Uh, we just closed a deal there for 950000 with Erin March, uh, my agent there in Myrtle Beach, and she's projecting about 250000 a year. That's a really, really good investment. Wow. Yeah, that's very that's good. Yeah, that's great. And then, so we've got Tony Bower in the Bourbon Trail of Kentucky. And this was a market when I first started learning about Tony, I was I was more impressed with Tony than I was the market before I started learning about it. But as she's teaching me now, because she's our newest agent in Savvy Realty, she's officially onboarding next week. She is showing that three $400,000 houses, you can bring in $100,000 a year in revenue. Wow. Wow, that's yeah. great. Really incredible. And so that's a really good market for maybe a first time investor, uh, somebody that does only have a $300,000 budget, $300,000 budget in Western North Carolina or Myrtle Beach is going to be really tough. It's going to be tough in Florida, right? It's going to be tough in Georgia and Tennessee. So the Bourbon Trail in Kentucky is a good place where a first time investor might go. And you'll be partnered with literally the most incredible agent. Tony is, she's 10 times better than I am. She's so friendly. <laughs> she, she goes to bath for her clients so well. And I'm so proud to be in business. I, with I got to meet Tony at the STR Wealth Conference and I can definitely reiterate that she was awesome. She's incredible. She's such a likable person and she like, she cares so much. And it's not to say that I don't care. I care about my clients, but back to my culture index, like prefers data over people. Like I'm going to get you a real solid investment. Are we going to be best friends after that? Maybe, maybe not. With Tony, you will walk away a friend. I mean, she, you can't, you can't help it. She's just incredible. <laughs> That's awesome. Super cool. So Kentucky, the Carolinas, uh, those are the, the three locations you guys are at. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, we, you know, I'm licensed in Georgia. I got licensed in Georgia to work in the Blue Ridge market early, uh, late last year, early this year. And I was seeing too many investors complaining that they weren't getting bookings. They weren't even able to make their mortgage payments. I had people calling me to list their properties there. So I did a couple of listings there and got some people out of sticky situations where they were losing money. Cash flow every month was negative. I historically have been called a Tennessee hater. I think as early as Monday, somebody called me a Tennessee and a Georgia hater. But, you know, I'm vocal in in the markets to go to and where to stay away from. You know, I okay. just I don't want to see people get burned. So I'm licensed in Georgia. Here's what I'll say is I've heard from three or four people in the last couple of weeks that they're actually doing really, really well right now. So does that continue? I want to keep an eye out before I ever promote the area again, come back in or anything like that. I talked to a local agent there and he basically said, we need pricing to come back down where it should be, right? Got it. Pricing just went too crazy there yeah. and, and, and revenues just can't keep up with how fast pricing went. Okay, cool. Tell me what Savvy Realty looks like in five years from now. A short-term rental agent in every city in America. Wow. Okay. So- 
I hear two opportunities here for any of our listeners. One, if you are ready to invest in the right locations, we want to get you connected with Tyler and his team. So we'll give you a, a way to do that right now. But also, if you are a realtor and you're thinking to yourself, hey, I'd love to be a part of Savvy Realty and be one of those agents in my city, then it sounds like we need to get you connected with Tyler too. Does that sound about right, Tyler? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've got a big push on it right now. We're actually about to roll out a course training agents how to sell short-term rentals. But of nice. course, the number one agents will be in Savvy Realty. And I mean, the reasoning is simple, right? Like for real estate referrals, where are people going to send their investors? If we've got an agent in every market and they don't understand investing, they're going to send them to us. And vice versa, for the investor that does come into our ecosystem, you can expect the same experience from city to city. And I consistently hear, well, I don't know where to invest. And when I call an agent there, they don't know anything about short term. Right, they, right. They've stayed in, in them twice, right? Like that's their extent of their knowledge. So how could you feel comfortable about investing in a market like that? If you don't have a local boots on the ground partner to work with, it would be really hard. Absolutely. Okay, Tyler. So how do they get in contact with you? Yeah. So uh, Calendly.com slash Savvy dash Realty. It's S-A-V-V-Y dash Realty, R-E-A-L-T-Y. You can book an intro call with myself, with Tony Bower or Aaron March. Uh, and we'll continue adding additional cities there. We're making a big push in January for new agents. If you're an agent as well, definitely look me up. You can look me up on Facebook. I do a lot of my business there, uh, Tyler Kuhn, or just shoot me a text message. It's 828-620-2541. And that's me. Awesome. We're going to have all of that in the show notes, whether you're on the podcast or the YouTube channel. So make sure you go and check that out uh, on the YouTube, just in the description on the podcast in the show notes. Tyler, you're the man. Thank you so much. And I uh, appreciate you helping our audience to conquer the world of short-term rentals. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Kyle, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, man. You got it. All right. So if you're ready to get connected with Tyler, all you have to do is go to the show notes. And if you're watching on YouTube, just click down below to get connected with Tyler and you can start with the Savvy Real Estate team. And he's looking for more realtors as well. So if you're thinking to yourself, I would love to be on the Savvy Real Estate team and you're in Maine or California or Seattle or wherever you're at across the entire country, they're looking for more realtors. And I would really encourage you to get connected with Tyler. That's going to do it here today for the Fearless Investor Podcast. We're helping you to conquer the world of Airbnb. Hey, Fearless Investor community. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Fearless Investor. If you haven't already, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And for more free content, check out my YouTube channel, also called The Fearless Investor, and our website, www.fearlesskyle.com. Until next time, keep on conquering the world of short-term rentals.